Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kuwan Saluja. Today we will read from Strengthening My Recovery and Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. First, we start with The Language of Letting Go. The topic is acceptance. Our basic recovery concept that never loses its power to work miracles is the concept called acceptance. We do not achieve acceptance in a moment. We often have to work through a mirage of feelings, sometimes anger, outrage, shame, self-pity, or sadness. But if acceptance is our goal, we will achieve it. I, I, I love Melanie Beatty. <laughs> I know I sound redundant. But this part, we often have to work through a mirage of feelings, sometimes anger, outrage, shame, self-pity, or sadness. Man, like all this other advice is just accept it. It's like, well, how? <laughs> just do, you know, because you know what it affects. And, uh, you know, like these things like anger, outrage, shame, self-pity, or sadness, these are not comfortable feelings. And, you know, the more and more I read it and part of, you know, I do this podcast for several reasons, but one of them is just to remind myself, these things are just not the message that you, you get. You know, it's, uh, it reminds me, there's like a skit, like Sebastian Maniscalco has a skit. Um, he's a hilarious comedian and his dad's just like one day start a business when he's 10. It's like, what? And it's like, that's how I felt when people are like, just accept. And it's like, no, you have to work through these feelings and we will achieve it as long as that's my goal. Back to the reading. What is more freeing than to laugh at our weaknesses and to be grateful for our strengths? To know the entire package called us with all our feelings, thoughts, tendencies, and history is worthy of acceptance and brings healing healing feelings. To accept our circumstances is another miraculous cure. For anything to change or anyone to change, we must first accept others, the circumstance and ourselves exactly as they are. Then we need to take it one step further. We need to become grateful for our circumstances or ourselves. We had a touch of faith by saying, I know this is exactly the way it's supposed to be for the moment. No matter how complicated we get, the basics never lose their power to restore us to sanity. Today, God, help me practice the concept of acceptance in my life. Help me accept others, my circumstances, and myself. Take me one step further and help me feel grateful. And that is the first reading. The next reading is being right. Recovery is not about being right. It's about allowing ourselves to be who we are and accepting others as they are. Recovery is not being right. It's about allowing ourselves to be who we are and accepting others as they are. That concept can be difficult for many of us if we have lived in systems that function on the right-wrong justice scale. The person who was right was okay. The person who was wrong was shamed. All value and worth may have depended on being right. To be wrong, meant annihilation of self and self-esteem. In recovery, we are learning how to strive for love in our relationships, not superiority. Yes, we may need to make decisions about people's behavior from time to time. If someone is hurting us, we need to stand up for ourselves. We have a responsibility to set boundaries and take care of ourselves, but we do not need to justify taking care of ourselves by condemning someone else. We can avoid the trap of focusing on others 
instead of ourselves. In recovery, we are learning that what we do needs to be right only for us. What others do is their business and needs to be right only for them. It is tempting to rest in the superiority of being right and in analyzing other people's motives and actions, but it's more rewarding to look deeper. Today, I will remember that I don't have to hide behind being right. I don't have to justify what I want and need with saying something is right or wrong. I can let myself be who I am. I mean, this lady is just a gift, just a gift, you know? I've seen, you know, this compulsion to be right, or not really compulsion, this preoccupation of being right over being happy. I know this is something that, you know, I have, you know, suffered to this condition, I guess. And it's, uh, it's just, it's just weird, you know, whether it's recovery literature, I once did a landmark forum and, you know, it's like, it's like people will hold grudges over a little thing. You know, I used to, I remember like in sports, you know, if, if someone was shunned once, they would like hate the other person for like 10 or 15 years. And, you know, that's sports and that's kind of like the heat of the competition. You can kind of use it, but man, like it happens in everyday life. And, you know, I just realized it's not, you know, the world is just better off if I'm who I was supposed to be and you are who you're supposed to be. And there's no this concept of right and wrong and fairness and, and all these kind of things. I wouldn't necessarily be in recovery if I was thinking clearly all the time anyway. So what concept of right or wrong would I have? Um, this lady nails it, as my friend would say, truth bombs. The next reading is, again, from this is the third and final reading of um, Language of Letting Go, Our Path. I just spent several hours with someone from my group and I feel like I'm losing my mind. This woman insisted that the only way I would make progress in my program was to go to her church and succumb to her religious rules. <laughs> Sounds like my grandmother. <laughs> she pushed and insisted and insisted and pushed. She's been in the program so much longer than I have. I kept thinking that she must know what she's talking about, but it didn't feel right. And now I feel crazy, afraid, guilty, and ashamed. And for the record, the grandmother of my dad's side. I love my mom's grandmother. <laughs> or I love my grandmother, my mom's side. Too much information. Anyways, it's my podcast. The spiritual path and growth promised to us by the 12 steps does not depend on any religious belief. They are not contingent upon any denomination or sect. They are not, as the traditions of the 12 steps program state, affiliated with any religious determination or organization. On a serious note, when I think about the 12 steps, I'm so profoundly grateful that this would is and would have been the only way I would have felt a true connection to a higher power, which is still developing. But I see, you know, as, as the title of this thing is, I see the path. I never saw the path before. Back to the reading. We do not have to allow anyone to badger us about religion and recovery. Thank God. We do not have to allow people to make us feel ashamed afraid or less than because we do not subscribe to their beliefs about religion. No, I think I do that to myself, or at least my critic does. We do not have to let them do it to us in the name of God, love, or recovery. The spiritual experience we will find as a result of recovery and the 12 steps will be our own spiritual experience. It will be a relationship with God, a higher power, as we understand God. Each of us must find our own spiritual path. Each of us must build our own relationship with God 
as we understand God. Each of us needs a power greater than ourselves. These concepts are critical to recovery. And, you know, as I read this, you know, that each of us must find our own spiritual path. Each of us must build our own relationship. You know, I see myself sometimes exhibiting those, uh, you know, adult children traits of like wanting to do it right. There is no right. You know, I just had the last reading was about being right. There's no right or wrong. There's just our own. And it's not like a selfish thing. It's a responsibility thing. These concepts are critical to recovery. So is the freedom to choose how to do that. Higher power, help me know that I don't have to allow anyone to shame or badger me into religious beliefs. If they confuse that with the spirituality available in recovery, help me give their issue back to them. Help me discover and develop my own spirituality, a path that works for me. Guide me with divine wisdom as I grow spiritually. And those are the first uh, three readings. Moving to strengthening my recovery. And the topic is service. The sincere adult child working an ACA program of meeting attendance and selfless service gets results with step seven. This is the sure path when we struggle with a troublesome shortcoming. How can giving service and attending meetings produce results? In giving selfless service, we must be able to manage our inner critical parents' dominating and controlling nature. As a result of working the steps, just let that sing in. As a result of working the steps, you know, I used to read that and then I worked the steps and I'm working the steps and now I can see this. Um, wow. As a result of working the steps, we find that we are no longer as angry or scared to allow life to unfold as it will. Here lies the best answer to what has ailed us. The steps, when worked with a fellow traveler, help us gain peace of mind and a sense of calm that allow us to feel alive. This realization is exhilarating. Our joy can overflow, and we realize that this is a very valuable and healthy experience for us. While some of our shortcomings may still have a hold on us, we know that our path to wholeness is clearly marked and attainable. On our journey, we share our newfound sense of purpose with others in the program. With gratitude, we are able to share how the program has transformed us into vibrant human beings engaged in a life-giving program. On this day, I will continue to work on my defects of character and shortcomings and share my personal progress and the results I have received with those who will hear me. God, this is such a gift of rooms. Um, where else would people hear and want to and willing and love? Anyways, on to the fifth, five out of six readings today. This topic is family roles. We're making a statement that we will no longer be loyal to denial in dysfunctional family roles. We each grew up playing a role in our family, hero, scapegoat, mascot, or lost child. You know, I think for me, uh, I think I, I was me, then I thought I'd be the hero, and at a certain point I became a lost child. Um, I won't comment on anything else there. Um, Back to the reading. Our role may have been related to birth order or perhaps to how we innately reacted to our situation. Um, if we had several siblings, we probably shared these roles. If we were from a small family or were an only child, we may have had to play multiple roles. Wow. Each role carried certain expectations. Even if the role appeared positive to the outside world, like the hero, it likely turned into a negative as we attempted to wear it while navigating through our adult years, 
And this is one of, you know, I first, Alice Miller's drama, The Gifted Child, changed my life. That was the first book. It's interesting, Gabor Mate, who's also very prominent in a trauma and recovery community, didn't read that book till his early 40s. And this is like a ranking. And that link between grandiosity and depression, and I think a hero, someone who adopts the hero role, it can only be happy when they're achieving. And when they're not achieving, then it's flat out depression. Um, you know, there was a case of a Princeton uh, runner, beautiful girl, you know, had the nice Facebook pictures. I think there's a book on it. And uh, track star, uh, I, actually, I think it was Penn. And, uh, you know, unfortunately committed suicide. And, you know, I think that this this link between, you know, achieving your way, you know, you know to self-worth is... Uh, can be a slippery slope. For me, it was more of a lost child and, and, and really, um, you know, like the hiding part of it. Anyways, back to the reading. Um, even if the role appeared positive to the outside world, like the hero, it likely turned into a negative as we attempted to wear it while navigating through our adult years. You know, ACA helps us learn how to shed these shackling roles. Thank God. We begin to set limits. We act in healthier, unexpected ways around our dysfunctional family of origin. This is actually happening. We choose to no longer react to events that once set us emotionally spinning out of control. The process is not easy and may take time. Yet though through it, we all learn to live life on our own terms. When we're successful, we release fear, chaos, control, and rigidity from our lives. We find new freedom, which is an amazing reward. On this day, I release the role assigned to me in childhood. I embrace my new role, recovering adult child. That is sweet. And the final reading, uh, also from Strengthening My Recovery, Abandonment. If the family withdraws support, this might feel new, but in reality, the abandonment has always been there. And I just pause there because, you know, I think those of us who have dealt with, you know, whether it's emotionally unavailable people, you know, as John Bradshaw said, the thing that you fear the most which is chilling even for me to talk about being abandoned happened already. On our journey in ACA, at some point we realized we were alone again. We had always felt this way, but never allowed ourselves to face the truth. As we make space for a higher power, we allow the fear and pain to pass through us. We begin to see that the universe is a safe place for us and that by facing our loneliness, we can become whole. We begin to see that the universe is a safe place for us and that by facing our loneliness, we can become whole. We take this inward journey with the help of our sponsors and fellow travelers who have done so before us and who can share their experience, strength, and hope. We let our dysfunctional families fade in the distance and we move into new, healthier relationships where we get our needs met. We stop trying to replace our parents with people who wear different masks. Although such rep relationships might temporarily feel good, they soon come crashing down as we see them for what they are, ugly, messy, and codependent. You know, this just continually reminds me that this is an inside job. We realize we may slide back once in a while because recovery is rarely a straight line, but we are learning to pull out of our nosedives faster and with more grace. There is no need to go down with the ship anymore. On this day, I will allow that which is dead to be what it is. 
I will take whatever time I need to fully grieve and then move on. And I think the last comment I would have on this reading is, you know, that uh, just, you know, Harine, uh, a reminder for me personally to do some grief work on this issue. And that concludes this episode of Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Koan Saluja reminding myself to pause because that is where God is, to love myself, and to feel my feelings.